The Worship Drummer Podcast is dedicated to introducing you to influential Christian drummers and drum companies who are striving to perfect their craft while still putting the heart before the beat. We've got a great episode 9 coming your way, so stick around. I'm your host, John Manna, for the Worship Drummer Podcast. everyone is doing great. Today is uh, Monday when I'm actually recording this and I just came off of a busy weekend of travel and I'm actually boarding a plane tonight to head to Australia and so I have a full day schedule but when Josh Freddy said he was available uh, today at 1 p.m. I jumped on the chance because I've been waiting to just hang out with him and talk drums and so I know you will be really encouraged by what Josh has to share and uh, we talk on this episode about Vertical Church Band's latest album called Frontiers and how um, Joshua's approach to the drumming parts developed and where he gets his sounds from. And for me, honestly, when I heard the f- through the first listen, the, the articulation and clarity of the recording and the quality of the drum sound was incredible. And so in it, uh, hopefully we can uh, dive into what he did to produce that sound and he'll give us a gear rundown as well. So without saying too much more, here's my conversation with Vertical Church Band drummer, Joshua Freddy. All right. That's great. That's well, good. thanks for joining us today. We have an incredible good friend of ours um, for episode nine, and I'm happy to have you here with us, Joshua Freddy. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. Yeah, it's been well overdue. <laughs> um, why don't you... Actually, Joshua, you've been married nine months. Yep, that's right. How has that been, buddy? It's been incredible. Nine months and no babies yet, so that's a good thing. <laughs> well, that, that's good. Uh, a good time frame. If it was yeah, right. before nine months, I would have to take this off air. <laughs> <laughs> oh man no, it's been it's been incredible uh, i met my wife um at the church uh where i work at and where i play um we met in 2014 dated and then uh, got married um and it's been it's been incredible uh, the cool part is that i got my green card through that come so, on yes but sir. it's not the only reason why i got married i, I love my <laughs> wife she's incredible she's a blessing she's a blessing so but yeah, Amen. actually, yeah. I'm going to cut you off right there because yeah. I remember when we first had Vertical Church Band come, it was, I don't know how many years ago now, but yeah. uh, Vertical Church Band came here to Harvest Oakville mm-hmm. and uh, I was really excited to meet you. And then Lewis, who works there, yeah. was like, oh man, he had uh, some complication, whatever, and he <laughs> oh, couldn't come, come into the country. So I, I think yeah. with the green card, that would solve yeah. that issue. Yeah, for sure. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm awesome. going to be there. Yeah, I got to come see you in person, hang out, get some coffee, uh, absolutely. and eat poutine. <laughs> no, I said it wrong again. <laughs> oh, poutine. That's it. There we uh, go. Maybe it's yeah. not evident, but I actually was raised in Montreal, Quebec, and okay. we say poutine um, mm. in true Quebecois. So, awesome. uh, Actually, you know what? A great place to, to hit up there for poutine is a place called La Banquise. And for those of you who are not French, that's L-A, 
space. There we go. B A N Q U I S E. La Banquise. And that sounds open... super sophisticated. No, but it's not. <laughs> it's just French fries. <laughs> Look at that. Dude. And they're, uh, they're open yeah. 24 hours and the, go. the lineup goes outside the door. So it's been ah. incredible. I just came from Montreal yeah. a few days ago and had a nice right. giant poutine. So. Dude, we got to go. Well, I love food. So, you know, <laughs> we'll go there. <laughs> love it. Love it. So, uh, Vertical Church Band released about three months ago. I think it was end of July. The new album called Frontiers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um the songs i think are timely for the church yeah and they'll be sung for years to come that's my hope my prayer okay. from when i listen to it and uh one of the things that quickly stood out to me mm -hmm. was the sound of the drums and what i mean by that in particular was the clarity that they were very articulate yeah. and it was so clean and it, it wasn't overpowering it was just so right easy to listen and hear the part. Yeah. Um, so maybe if you can just talk to us about the process, uh, yeah. it, it is a live recording. So for me, like right. it just blew my mind. How can you get such a good drum sound and a mix yeah. on it in a live setting? So just uh, maybe talk to us about how that all got set up and yeah. played itself out. What kind of drums you used on it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let me start with my gear. Um, I played a 1972 Slingerland and it's, it's something else. It sounds magical. I love the way it sounds. It's like my little, little baby that I take care of. So, yeah. It's always in a case and I, I'm the only guy who plays it. So nice. I'm a little selfish with that, but um, it's, um, it's a 24 by 14 kick drum and then a 14 by 10 rack, and then an 18 by 16 uh, floor ton. And then I played a 1970 Acrolyte snare, which oh. I kind of tricked the pastor <laughs> and bought it. He had it with me and he had no idea. And I was like, dude, I'll pay you 80 bucks. And he's like, sold. I was like, great. <laughs> Good bargain. Yeah. So I used that. And then um, I used a bunch, a combination of Istanbul's and uh, Sildjian cymbals. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a good time. We usually, uh, what we've done in the past and even for this record is, um, we record over a period of like two days. So, mm, yeah. um, on the first day it like, it's mainly like, um, trying to get all the parts right. You know, I'm like trying to remember all my parts, like when to hit my snare, but it's all four, four, you know, I'm not like, <laughs> okay, is it on two and four? Or is it on one and three? Wait a minute. Okay. okay I got it. So <laughs> Getting all the parts right. And then, so the first night, um, usually what we do is like, we, we have um, our church members who come in. And yeah. um, for the last record, we had a worship pit uh, right in front of the, of the stage. And we had them in there to get gang vocals and all of that. And um, we also used that night to like record all our parts. And then the nice. second night is when we had you know, the entire sanctuary filled with people. And that was for um, video and also for audio. And like in, in records like this, like obviously like, you know, they take um, bits and pieces and like see what's good and what's not. Um, so, but I don't think um, a lot of pre-pro, I'm um, mm. oh, sorry, um, post-production went into it. Yeah. There was a lot of pre-pro, like we worked a lot of like uh, parts and we went to Nashville uh, for a couple of days and um, wrote some parts. Um, I can talk a little, little bit about like writing drum parts if you want me to. Yeah, um, you know what? Um, just one question that um, yeah. came up as you were talking. 
so on those two nights of recording, can you tell which which uh, night your drum part was taken from? No, I can't because here here's my philosophy is that like I'm sure a lot of drummers are like this, but once I have my parts down, I play the same exact thing. Like I just wow. kind of memorize it, and even like now, um, like I remember like actually I learned it from the legendary Paul Mabry. Come on, he yeah he played on our first record, um, uh, which has "Open Up the Heavens," "Light Shine In," "Not for a Moment," and all that. And it was in 2012, and my life changed when I saw him play. Like he was playing drums and I was playing percussion. And, but I don't think I made it in the album because I was offbeat instead of looking at him play the whole time. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah, but That's he. So good. Yeah, no, but he gave me like really good advice. And one of the things that he said was like, like make sure that you play the same parts, especially when it comes to like recording. Like, don't keep changing it. Once you land on something, like make sure it's the same thing on every take. So, okay. but like make it solid, you know. So, with that knowledge now, maybe talk to us about yeah. how the prep of the album right. for you as a drummer came about? Yeah, so usually how it works is um, I'm I'm not in like the songwriting process. I'm, I'm just a drummer. I like, I can't go in and like be like, eh, Jesus, God, well, I can get, that's, that's, that's my input. I'm not that great <laughs> with songwriting. So the worship leaders write their songs and then um, they do demos of like just vocal and a guitar kind of thing. And then um, they send those tracks and like, I listen to it. And then we try to play it on our um, church uh, on the weekends. So that's when we're like, we're trying to like come up with parts. So the worship leader is like, hey, like, here's a song. I'm thinking this, like, I'm thinking like, you know, snare on like these beats uh, or like kick on that beat kind of thing, kind of mm -hmm. feel. Or like, they're like, even like bring up some songs. They're like, hey, play like mute math or play like, I don't know, like whatever, you know, they have, they always have like an idea. Yeah. So... Uh, a lot of times when I'm writing songs, um, there's some kind of foundation I'm building on. So they're like, we want 4-4 four, four on the kick. Yeah. And then like, don't play the snare to like the second verse or whatever. So I, they have like something to work with. So it's not like it's from like, from like scratch. It depends on the songs. But yeah, yeah. Um, so when it comes to that, like I usually just take that song and then um, I just mess around with it. Just like play a bunch of stuff. You know, I just record my parts in my iPhone. Um, like actually video it so that I actually know where my hands go. You nice. know, just do an audio recording. Like I'm gonna forget. You know, so I like actually video record it so I know where my hand hand goes for like tom works and like snare, ghost notes and whatnot. Wow. Um, so the process kind of just like um, starts from there. So I get a um, demo track, and then I take it home. Um, just basically just like play the song like over and over again. Try like different like parts. Um, I don't read notes or anything so it's all about like what i hear what i feel and then um i record it or sometimes you know what i'll do is like i'll take it to ableton and then use some samples and just play it on my midi keyboard and then send it to the guys and they're like hey this is what i'm thinking and they're like this is great that part is eh, it's not that great and get to work on you know um it's usually like when it comes to writing drum parts yeah um it's a teamwork you know, mm. so, and I'm open to like criticism and I'm, I'm like open to like what the worship leaders are thinking, what the songwriters are thinking, because I want to be able to serve the song and um, the ideas that they have. Like, I don't want to be like, I'm thinking this, I'm going to stick to this. I don't know what you guys think, but you know, so um, I'm open to that. And I think for a lot of like guys who want to like 
get better at writing parts. I think that's a good um, character to have is like be open to like what other guys are thinking about the song too. Like don't be just stubborn and like kind of stick, um, yeah, kind of yeah. just stick to your part. That makes sense. So um, that's how like most of the songs came about. And uh, um, our producer, um, Jacob Suter, is an incredible musician. He's a keyboard player. He's an incredible writer. And um, he's one of those guys who, like, hears every instrument, like drums, guitar, bass. And he does a lot of demos for the songs, too. And he'll, like, send one with, like, demos. Like, hey, listen to this. Like, I'm kind of thinking about, um, like, on this, like, on this line of groove. Uh, but I don't want you to play the same thing, but like just use this to like write your parts kind of. Wow. So that's how like I See the Lord um, came yeah. together from the last album. And then um, um, I See the Lord was kind of fun because I used a reverse um, snare. Um, yeah. I used just a rever reverse sound, just like just that from that sound. So Paul Mabry. Yes, again. You. Again. <laughs> So I used that and I played the snare, so it sounds like a reverse snare. Um, it's cool. very subtle. You will hear it in like the second part of verse two. Um, and then that song, the chorus, um, they gave me the demo and I like just went and I just like I just started playing. I knew it had to be in four four with the kick pattern. So, but I didn't want it to be like just straight up four four. Yeah. So I did a little bit um, of like snare accents here and there with sixteen notes on the hi hat, and. It just we came together. So that, that's so yeah. cool. A question for you is: um, so in writing these drum parts for the songs, is there any part of it that has to be like, um, kind of like what? How can I even put this to words? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The question is clear in my head. So yeah. Sort of like, do does this drum recording? for this mm -hmm. album have to influence a generation of drummers or mm -hmm. are you are you writing yeah. for the listeners or yeah. writing for the song if that makes yeah. sense yeah that's a really good question that's a great question because i know that there are some who yeah. like we need to be the new voice of sound right. you know for like sure. so is it for the people or for yeah. serving the song that has yeah. been presented to you yeah, for sure. That's a great question, man. I honestly want to serve um, the song. Like, you know, I think meaning that I want to play the drums for the song in the best way possible. Mm. You know, because you can like write so many parts for a song, but it doesn't have to mean that every one of those parts is going to like be the best for that song, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? So it could be either like super complicated or it could be like either super simple. And what I'm trying to do is like, when I'm writing my parts for any songs, I want to like find kind of like the middle ground. Yeah. And like, I don't want to be yes, like too simple or too like complicated and way too creative. But I want to be like in the middle where like there's subtle like creativity, but also the drummers are like, man, that is actually simple. Like, yeah. I think, yeah. you know, there's so much creativity in like even being simple as a drummer, you know? I feel like a lot of times, like drummers make a mistake of like, oh, being creative means you have to add like four toms and like seven symbols or like whatever. You know, that's not it. Being creative could be like actually playing with a kick and snare because wow. that expands your brain more. You're like, you're trying hard to be like creative with just two drums instead of like, oh, now I have seven toms and I can hit it whatever I want. You know, <laughs> that makes sense. Absolutely. No, yeah. that's really good. Yeah. Um, 
And it's really cool because I, I noticed that like there's it's I think I call it quality. Right. And we are called to bring excellence at what we do. Yeah. So just making it easy and like I just put 10 minutes into this. Right. Uh, I don't think honors the Lord either. Yeah. Uh, so it's really cool. Maybe thank you for articulating the answer better than I could articulate the question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying, man. But it's yeah. so cool. And in yeah. regards to the sound for the recording on Frontiers, yeah. were you using, I know you said the reverse snare, but you were using like, or you were triggering samples and stuff throughout the album? Yeah, I um, I didn't use like any triggers on my drums. I just used a sample pad. I yeah. used a Roland SPDSX. And um, what I did this time was I had my pad sitting to the left. And then I had like uh, two extensions. Um, well, they're called triggers in there. Yeah, and I yeah. ran two PD8s. They're the round Roland pads. I don't know if you've like seen those. Um, I had one in my cymbal stand and another one just like sticking right in front of my kick drum. And I ran some like 808 kicks and then the reverse snare. And then I played um, the Roto Toms from that pad, SVDSX, nice. on the song Let Everything. I love those toms. They just sound so electronic and so cool. So, Do you actually have a picture that you could send me that I'll post in the show notes of that setup? Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah, I think I that would help us visualize yeah. that uh, that layout. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I yeah, that'll be that'll be awesome. Yeah, I can do that. Um, yeah, that's all. And then I used like a bunch. I used a bunch of samples from the pad, and then you can make fun of me for it. I went to Google, and I was like, I want to get some free samples, <laughs> and I found Fifty Cent, the rapper, his yeah. samples for free. <laughs> Wow. So I was like, well, if he's not making Christian music, man, I'm going to use this sample for worship music. So wow. I got some of those. But then obviously I got some that sound samples too. So Sure, sure. But, yeah. So where else, now that we're on sounds and things like that and yeah. downloading? Yeah, right, <laughs> um, right. <laughs> what, what are some good websites that you um, frequent yeah. for that kind of stuff? Or where do you get your ideas right. from in terms of sounds? Yeah. I, um, to be honest, for like samples, I've been using a lot of um, that sound samples. I love what those guys are doing. Like, yeah. they're not just like hitting like the acoustic side of sounds, but also like the electronic side, side you know. So I have their, um, uh, the cinematic pop um, sample mm -hmm. yep. uh, package and a bunch of their other stuff. And then to be honest, like besides that, and like I just find a bunch of free samples on the internet. Like I don't have a website where I'm like always getting something. Like I said, like I'll just go to Google and be like, hey, free 808 patches or whatever, you know, and I'll find like 50 cents or like T-Pains or whatever. And I'm like, well, all right, download it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love it. And they actually sound pretty good. Like, you know, like those kind of samples don't actually like don't have the highest quality but you can always take it to ableton kind of like mess around with it a little bit you know so i've done that a couple times and, um uh, so but but like where i get my ideas are to be honest like i listen to a lot of like secular music during the week yeah um like in my car i'm like listening to like 103.5 or like kiss fm or whatever you know b96 or whatever it's, it's kind of bad but like i'm listening to a lot of pop music 
So Hashtag confessions of a worship drummer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I don't just listen to worship music, but <laughs> I love worship drummers. But like sometimes I think you need to like open your mind to like other things so you can be inspired for sounds and for like, you know, grooves or whatever. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, I've been like listening to a lot of pop, a lot of electronic, hip hop. Um, wow. That's where I like, get my um, sounds. And yeah. then like, even like my group ideas or whatever. So, but sweet iTunes music or Spotify. Oh man, um, I'm an iTunes guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I got Apple Music, so I it's it's worth it. Like I'm honestly on there like pretty much every day, seeing like what are the top hits, listening wow. to like drums, and and to be honest, like um, the reason why I brought in a bunch of like samples in the last album was like I feel like our music, even like the Christian music, is like turning into a lot of like produced sounds. Like yeah. I feel like now, if you listen to like the top hits on like um, the pop genre, it's all sampled drums. Yeah. It's probably like some guy like in a garage, like with the, <laughs> with the MIDI controller playing, you know. And I'm like, dude, like 20 years from now, we probably won't have a job, <laughs> even you know, some guys doing that. And wow. the things that make it sound really good too. So yeah, my yeah. idea was like, I want to make it happen through a real drum kit. Like I want to be the guy who's actually playing it instead of like sitting there on a MIDI keyboard. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's how I like kind of incorporated my. Um, SVSX into my Cusick drum kit. So good, so, man. But if that if that answers your question, yeah, so. absolutely. And in terms of sounds, um, are there any or have there ever been times where you come with your SPDSX loaded with new sounds, and then the worship leaders or, or they're just like, no, nah, yep. man, no, nah, man, yep. it's not working. all the time. <laughs> our one of my one of our worship leaders, um, Andy Rosier, makes fun of me all the time. He's like, well, I'm pretty sure that's a that that sample was fifty cents, or you got it for free. <laughs> so, but it's funny. It doesn't fit all the time, you know. So I, you think something like you think that oh man, that huge snare or like that clap is gonna sound good, and then you play for the song, and you're like. Oh well, okay, that didn't sound right, and everybody just kind of looks at you. They're like, "Hmm," you know. <laughs> so. And what kind of an attitude then should you like, or do you need to have like a teachable, humble yeah. attitude? Because some people, if they're not ready for that kind of a response from the team, yeah, might be offended. So how do you, or what's your approach in terms of attitude, and what do you want to let worship drummers know is most important about that? For sure. Um, Humility goes a long way. And one of the things that has helped me is uh, there's always better musicians out there than you. Hmm. You know, I'm always like thinking that. And like not like in a self where I'm like kind of beating myself or like kind of thinking negative about, about it. But like in a positive way, I'm like, I have to be open to like what other guys hear in a song. Yeah. Like, you know... The, I might think that that huge clap or that tambourine or that like reverse snare may sound cool, but I'm only like thinking um, in terms of a drummer. But like worship leaders and songwriters think in terms of the song, like yeah. they're hearing every instrument, they like they have a better perspective about the song and how it should sound. So if even for like a weekend service or like even when you're playing for like a church service, um, the worship is like, hey, dude, like don't play that. Um, well, you have to submit to your authority, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
like our worship leader, um, same guy Andy Rozier. I love him. He's he's incredible. He's a worship pastor, um, and he has this analogy about um, drummers about like how the worship drummer is the bus driver, but the worship leader owns the bus. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So um, like I'm driving the bus, but like I still gotta like obey and like kind of just listen to what the owner of the bus says. If he says don't do it, don't take this turn. I'm not gonna take this turn. I'm just going to keep going, but I'll, I'll make sure that I'm driving in a good speed and I have control of it. Wow. So that's cool, man. So, and like, and I think that like being open to criticisms and like being open to when people say no helps you grow as a musician rather than like not growing, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. T tell us a bit about Harvest uh, yeah. in Chicago. You're, you're at the main campus. I believe they have other campuses. Yeah. How is the drum, the drummer life there in terms of like, are you the main drummer every Sunday, every service, uh, yeah. or is your job also to mentor others or at the drummers at the other campuses? How does that all yeah. work for, for you and for Harvest? Yeah, that's awesome. So we have um, seven campuses at the moment um, around the Chicago area, and we have... Um, two main campuses and then the other campuses are like kind of just like spread out um, around the suburb, suburb area. And every campus has volunteers. So it's a volunteer-based um, system. And then the only people who are on staff are worship leaders. And then um, I'm on staff for drums, which includes like VCB stuff. And then yeah. um, playing on the weekend, I play every weekend um, on the main campus which is in rolling meadows and there's another one in elgin so i kind of switch between those two and then i also travel around like the other campuses but um our volunteers by god's grace are incredible they have a huge heart to serve they're faithful they're on time they learn their parts um and yes there is um like training and mentorship that goes in and but like by God's grace, like the drummers that we have at our church are like so capable enough to like listen to a song and then just rock it out the next day, nice. which is just incredible. So but I'm actually in the process to like meet with some of our drummers, like kind of like, I don't know, once in a week kind of basis just to be like, hey, like, what are some things that we can work at? Um, you know, if you any weakness that you have that we can work on and then kind of just like teach the harvest philosophy of drumming. That's cool. Um, and then, um, like, which is like, you know, any other worship uh, drummer would have, like, you know, don't play too much, or, like, always be playing kind of thing. Uh, and then, like, the whole bus driver thing, um, how to be a bus driver and, like, still obey to your bus owner, you know? Yeah. Nice. So, kind of like that. Um, our church is huge about, like, um, building mentors and building disciples. So, and that's the route that, like, our worship leaders are going towards and that's the route that i want to take with our drummers is like me with them on one-on-one -on -one basis and just like kind of just teach them what i know and then also learn from them we have some incredible drummers who are like i'm sitting in like in my seat and i'm like how am i the one who's playing on the albums and these guys are like so good <laughs> you know so the grace of god yeah and uh, it really is it really is wow um so yeah we like i want to like i i used to do a drummer training night um, and like it was back when like I had all the drummers from our church meet one night and set up like five or six drum kits and just play. Wow. Just like share ideas. And that's a huge like that's a huge success for any 
drummers who want to get better, like at a church, like just get all your drums together, set up some drum kits and just play. Wow. Like it doesn't have to be worship music, just play whatever you know and just like share ideas, you know, because every drummer has their bag of tricks. Yeah, you know, that's their own so bag true. of tricks. So like share them. It's, it's your church. You don't have to like just hold it to yourself. You know, we're all here to like serve for one purpose and to glorify God. So I think like sharing your tricks and like building people goes a long way. So true, so, man. Yeah. Uh, I remember seeing on Instagram, I, I don't know if it was your wedding day. I don't think it was, but your dad sitting at the, the kit. Yeah. <laughs> was yeah. it your wedding day? No, it was, uh, I think, a couple of days before. But, yeah. And I thought, man, yeah. what a cute picture. <laughs> I never met yeah. your dad, but it was, yeah. it was awesome to see. I know. And yeah. um, yeah. with Well, that... that's where I got my drumming uh, from because of my dad, my dad's well, that, drummer. So. That's what I was going to ask you. What was yeah. your influence <laughs> growing up? So it's your yeah. dad. Yeah, it's my dad. Dude, I grew up listening to, you would laugh at me. I grew up listening to ABBA and Bee Gees. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And yeah. we didn't ask this question before, but so where are you native to? Yeah, I'm 100% Indian. Indian. So born and raised in uh, Chennai, India. It's one of the cities. Uh, but my parents moved to uh, Dubai when I was nine. Wow. Um, so that's when like... Um, playing drums started um like i well, as a kid like you know i was just drumming on things you know whatever i can find i just like play drums on but i got my first drum kit when i was nine always played at a church self-taught wow. um nice i've had like i had one or two lessons and um and that was it so it's totally by god's grace like just i just hear and i just play and i just feel and it just you know just comes by and then i moved out here in 2008 Wow. So, you talked about India and Dubai and just wondering, is the drumming culture there different than when you came to America in 2008? Well, I would say that um, it's grown a lot just in the past couple of years, um, especially with like um, worship, like God's doing some like amazing work down there. Mm. Um, and like churches are on fire for God. And it's crazy to think like, um music from america music from like the western world reaches out there a lot really and like i grew up like you know listening to hillsong chris tomlin and like playing those songs wow and then like i come here and i see them live and i'm like wow this is this is crazy <laughs> you know <laughs> but the, the the cool part is that um places like india or the middle east um they don't get a lot of exposure to like music like how we have it here you know, and so the little that they get their hands on, like any CDs that come out there, they're like fired up about it. They're ready wow. to do those songs. And like they have some amazing musicians there too. Like they learn the parts, they like played exactly like the CDs. So, so like I like, I, I came from a church culture like that. Like I, like I remember like when my friends um, from Dubai would like come to America. My dad would be like, hey, like get those like, wow, 2010, 2000, like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, 2006 worship CDs because we want to learn the best songs that like people are doing out there. You know? Wow. It's like the heart for like the heart that they have towards worship back there is just, it's incredible because they want to give out the best, but they don't have the resources. So the hands that are like, they can, wherever they can put their hands on and get those CDs, they're like, they're ready to go. Wow. So, but yeah, it's, yeah. Very cool, man. Not everyone has a, uh uh some the experience of what you have so super cool yeah um a few more questions for you 
Yes. Uh, this is not really a question, but I'm just going to slip it in there. Okay. there um, Joshua shared with me about an endorsement. We cannot talk about it over the air just yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I rejoice with you, bro. Thank and you. And we praise God for the things that are in the works. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a God thing for sure. Yeah. So when when that is public, you will all know for sure. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but here's a real question now. Okay. All uh, right. What actually? What is one question that you wish someone would ask you that you've never been asked before? All right. Let me. Do you want the serious rat or the funny rat? Both. Okay. There we go. So let's say two questions. Yeah. Um. All right. The funny rat would be. I wish sometimes people ask me what is my favorite type of food. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I think that you can tell just by looking at me that I love curry. So. Amen. <laughs> As do I, by the way. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, Serious rap would be honestly, um, like I sometimes wish that people ask me how I actually like ended up being in VCB or even in America. Mm -hmm. Because um, not to boast anything about myself, but like I think it gives me an opportunity to talk about how amazing our God is and how faithful he is and how he's able to like turn the impossible into possible. You know, like I honestly like think about this like once a week. Like I look at what I have um, when I'm playing drums on an album or like even like playing drums on like a weekend service. I look at my wife. I look at like whatever I have. And I'm like, how did this happen? Wow. Like how did I get here? Like if you would have asked me 10 years ago what I would be doing, I'd be like, I don't know, maybe doing some work on a computer, be a doctor in India. I don't know. You yeah. know? <laughs> but it's crazy to think what like what God can do when you go towards him and like pray about it over and over again and believe that it is done by faith. Mm. Um that's like I had a dream growing up. Like honestly, like I would sit in my couch in my living room, listen to Hillsong United and like just sit there and dream that one day I would be a guy who would play drums and travel. Wow. And and like I prayed about it. I was like, God, like like, this is what I have in my heart, but I know that it looks so impossible, but I know that you are the creator of the heavens and the earth, and, like, you're able to make anything possible. Yeah. So yeah. if this is your will, if this is what you have for me, God, like, make it happen. And I prayed about it every day, and, like, I, I was open to it. I was like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like, I want to do what God has for me. Mm. So, but it was, like, a step-by-step-by process. Like, I came to school. And then I tried it for the worship team there. Didn't get in. I was so upset. I was like, God, what? You brought me here and I can't play drums. Wow. <laughs> you know? And then um, got me connected to Harvest. Graduated. They asked me to go on tour. And then I started playing on the albums. And then got married. And now I'm here. It's just like, it's it's incredible. Like, it's it's all by God's grace. Wow. So, like, if, if people ask me that, I just want to sit with them and be like, dude, I just want to tell you that God can make anything possible. Amen. So... Wow, yeah. such such a good answer and question. <laughs> yeah, that is a good question. Awesome, man. Thanks for sharing that personal part too. Uh, favorite song to play on the Frontiers album? Oh, man. I got a couple, um, but I got to say it's um, more than I deserve. Yes. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm happy you said that one. Uh, yeah. That was the first one when I did my first listen through that stood okay. out. And I don't know if you remember, I texted you and I'm like, yeah. this right. song, man, I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And, sure, and yeah. it actually ties into what you just said. It's more than we deserve. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I love what the song says, and it's yeah, it's incredible. So awesome. And so in closing, because yeah. uh, we don't want to keep you too long. Good. And I got to jump on a flight to Australia soon. Yeah, yeah. But, so as we close, uh, mm-hmm. what's one piece of advice you'd love to leave with the local church worship drummer? Yeah, for sure. Um, humility, for sure, um, I think goes a long way, like we talked about earlier. And um, I think humility with like being open to what worship leaders have to say to you about your playing is huge. It's a builder as a musician. It's a builder uh, even for your spiritual life too. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you go into like your service, you know, from practice, and if the worship leader is like, hey, dude, like, I like what you did there, but I don't like what you do there. Like, be humble enough and be like, okay, I'm going to submit to you because I'm not playing here for myself. I'm not playing uh, as a one-man uh, mm. band. It's for it's for God. I'm here to, like, serve people. I'm here to serve the song. And I think it's a great opportunity for drummers to, like, show their character in that time. You know, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, so be humble with that and have a mindset of like, I want to serve this song. I don't want to serve myself by playing my my favorite parts or, you know, my China cymbals and my uh, <laughs> double kick pedal or whatever, you know. So I think when you're humble about that and have an openness to like criticism and like take what is good. You know, don't take the negative parts, obviously. Like, you got to learn what to take and what not to take. I think that will, like, really build you as a better drummer. Wow. So So good, man. Um, If people want to follow you or stay up to date with what's new in your life, is there an easy way to do it? Yeah. um, I'm on Facebook. It's uh, Joshua Freddy. Um, And then I'm on Instagram, just Josh Freddy. So... I'm on. I'm not on Snapchat or whatever that's called. I'm not that cool <laughs> enough yet. So <laughs> I tried, but it's hard, man. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I'm. I'm done with Twitter. I don't even know what what people do with Twitter right now. So <laughs> it's been a while. I've used Twitter, so I'm just on Facebook and Instagram. So you can okay. find me there. And uh, by the way, Josh, I noticed you're you're sporting our worship drummer T-shirt. Come on, bro. Look at that. Look at that. Oh man. <laughs> Represent. Yeah. Good quality. Good quality with the shirt and good quality with what you guys are doing. How about that? <laughs> I we my wife and I um like recently moved to the place we were in right now. Yeah. And um I was literally just like going through my clothes, like we just like un- unboxing everything and I found the shirt and I was like, dude, I have to wear this. There's no other better time than like today. Well, there you have it, folks, my interview with Joshua Freddy from Vertical Church Band. And I pray that it's of an encouragement to you just as much as it was to me to just hear him share from his heart. And I love what he says about humility because it simply ties into what we're all about, putting the heart before beat. And so I just, again, thank you to all of you who are listening. It would be of great help for us if you can head to iTunes and if you can leave a review and even a a five-star rating if you think it's worth five stars. Um, That would be a great help to us. It just helps us get more visibility. 
when people are searching through the podcasts in the iTunes store. And as well, if you can just share this with any drummers or even worship leaders that you think would benefit from what we do. And again, a big thank you to our worship drummer family. Uh, even just some of the emails and direct messages I've received recently have just shown me that what we do is actually making a difference and it's encouraging the family. So thank you so much for letting me know how it's blessing all of you. And again, continue to put the heart before the beat and I pray blessings on all of you.